Kane is in the building. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome in to week five. Oh my, week five, man. And that, that's even crazy to say out loud. Uh, week five of the sales line. Uh, your host, Tyler Gerstein, with Joe Aresta. Got a jam-packed uh, you know, episode for you guys today. I don't know if it's because you know we had a social media blow up last night, Joe. But oh, yeah, we did. Today, man. I, I'm excited for this. Uh, you know, I'm very excited for this episode. I think the uh, the fans are gonna love it. Man, whoever is the marketing manager or social media manager for this organization is just blown out of the water right now. This is blowing up almost 100 followers on Instagram. Shout out to all my friends, co workers. Shout out to Gerstein's Midwest people. Love y'all. Um, that is the ha- underscore sales underscore line underscore a lot of underscores. Sorry about that. We'll fix that right after this uh, episode right here. But yeah, we got a I it's literally like a buffet of it, like stuff we're gonna talk about. We're talking about the NFL draft. You know, what are your favorite picks? How did the uh, what are you a Rams fan, Gerstein? I love the Rams. Stan Kroenke though, Kroenke Sports. If you're listening, I'm not a fan of you guys too much, but I do love. Uh, the LA Rams, uh, you know, that being from St. Louis, I tried to pick up another football team. It just did not, uh, it didn't go well. So I'm back on the Rams bandwagon and, uh, you know, go LA, I guess. It's tough mm-hmm. to say. Gotcha. Gotcha. Who, who's your favorite pick that they, uh, they had? Man, I, I really think, I, I think the Rams had a great draft. Um, they actually did not have a first round pick. So I, you know, first day of draft, I, I'm excited just kind of to see how the NFL was going to do it. And let me just start by saying, I think the NFL did an unbelievable job with that production. Um, You know, going in, I had very, you know, low expectations on kind of how it was going to look with it being all over, you know, nothing in person. I thought it was going to be cutting out. They were going to be losing people's feeds and it would be a bad picture. I think the NFL did an unbelievably great job having cameras in everybody's houses, making it feel like it was, you know, a regular draft minus the coronavirus going on. So shout out to the NFL for that. Back to the Rams picks. Loved them. Uh, favorite pick of the draft. I'll have to go there. First pick in the draft, Cam Akers, running back, Florida State. Uh, kid's electric. He's going to be really good in the NFL, and I think he's going to replace Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, he's going to do a good job in, in replacing Todd. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. I, well. I know you're a Jets fan, man, and that's got to be that's got to be tough. You don't find many of those. What What do you think about about the draft, Jets draft? I know. You know, they got some studs. What do, what do you think about it? Listen, I was really hoping for Ruggs to go first round. I mean, not saying I had money on it, but, yeah, I had money on it. I, I do like um, Beckham, though. I mean, the guy's an absolute beast. He was pushing a, a F Ford F-150, so definitely was a pretty – it was a pretty good draft for the Jets. Uh, not going to lie, he did stack up on the wide, uh, wide receivers or uh, cornerbacks as well. Got some big-time uh, big guys on our lineup, so it's going to be a really good season for us, I think. Obviously, Joe Burrow going first overall draft pick for this uh, Bengals. Did not see that coming. Did you see that coming, Tyler? That, I mean, the I had, who that. is Joe Burrow? Is he a good quarterback? Because I, I had never heard of him up until that draft. No, I'm just kidding. Joe Burrow, great pick. Uh, I, you know, LSU breeds him, as, as you guys saw in this draft. I, I mean, I was shocked with the amount of just SEC talent coming off the board. Um, I think they set a record, Joe. Any Ryder players go, do you know of? Or uh, For your information, Ryder has been undefeated for 150 years. Uh, rumor has it they signed Canadian players. But, yeah, back to LSU. They, I think they had a record breaking of 11 players drafted or 12, something around that range. So it's definitely a big, big draft for Coach O. Go Tigers. So definitely going to be an awesome year for LSU alumni um, playing the NFL. Um, you know, what would you what would you say is the best pick of the draft um, thus far? You know, Goodell being on his recliner saying those names. You know, I hate to, I, you know, shout out Mattering. I, I love Chase Young. I'm a huge Chase Young guy, and I know it's tough to say the best pick of the draft was was number two overall. Uh, but I think Ga- Chase Young is a, is a game changer. He's a game wrecker. He's a, a guy that's, a, as a rookie, he's going to come out and get 10 to 12 sacks in his rookie season, make an immediate difference. Uh, and be up for defensive player of the year. I love Joe Burrow. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that Chase Young was good enough to go number one overall in this draft. I think he's going to be a game changer. And shout out to Ron Rivera's staff out in Washington for kind of noticing that, taking him number two overall. Uh, but Joe, you know what uh, was interesting? I think with the NFL draft and all the buzz, something that got overshadowed a little bit to me was was the last dance on Sunday, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary. I thought it was 
unbelievable. I think Dennis Rodman is a wild man. Carmen Electra, those stories in Vegas, they were uh, they had me on the edge of my seat. Uh, but but what did you think about the last dance? I, I know you're a big fan, dude. It, it's it's pretty insane. I mean, just read rewatching like Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, like Jackson, like it's just it gives me goosebumps just watching all this talent, all the stories behind the scenes of the Bulls and like what happened, you know, with the coaching staff, with the players, and them talking mad, mad crap to like the players back then and still talking it like years on. So it's pretty crazy. I, I mean, it's so exciting. I mean, there's no live sports going on, but this is a single to none great production that 30 for 30 is doing. It's even better because now that this has come out, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited for the Kobe Bryant. I don't know if you heard about it, but he oh, actually yeah. had a film crew with his last season with the Lakers. And that just makes me more excited to see what, you know, mama mentality was with his last season. So I know, you know, you're a LeBron guy. I get it. But I can't wait for that LeBron 30 for 30. LeBron's going to have one about eight finals in eight years. That one's extremely excited. Listen, RIP Kobe, uh, extremely excited for that. I think that's going to be an unbelievable documentary when it does come out. Uh, But man, the last dance, they have, they have killed it. I I mean, seriously, that production crew, um, you know, being able to go into Phil's house and into all these guys' houses, Isaiah Thomas, and add a little bit more to the documentary. Um, it, it just makes it so much better. Uh, I mean, I, and I just think Dennis Rodman is, is crazy. I mean, that man to ask Phil Jackson for, you know, a 44 or a 48 hour vacation, uh, he lets him go. I just think it shows how cohesive that team was. Uh, I mean, man, I can't wait for next week and, and episodes five and six. Yeah. I mean, the, dude, his hairstyle, I, I can't believe like if I, can, got, I mean, could you if imagine if somebody and I see Dennis Rodman with, a leopard pattern head, head hair. Like, I, I don't know what I'll be doing. I'm just going to give him the rock and say, here, just take the fast break. I, I mean, that's just how much the NBA has changed. I mean, could you imagine LeBron James with 33s on his head? I mean, people, it would be, you know, a social media nightmare for that guy. Uh, and people loved it from Dennis Rodman. It just goes to show, you know, how much the NBA has changed over the years. Um, you know, so, but I think that adds, you know, some more to it. Them kind of showing the bad boys and the Detroit Pistons, how physical they were, you know, you just don't get that anymore in today's NBA. So it it really has gone, you know, first full circle to kind of see like what Jordan has been up against. Uh, you know, being a LeBron guy, I still, I'm taking LeBron to the grave, but I mean, Jordan had to deal with some beatings, man. I, I can respect you on that. I think it's just a matter of the play style back in the day. I mean, bad boys for life with the Pistons and, you know, the Bulls too. I mean, they had a thing on Twitter. It was like, who would get a rebound? And it was like five NBA players. It was like Kevin Garnett, Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green. Why is Draymond Green? He would not last in a one-minute fight with those guys. Those guys are straight animals. Like, he would just get babied by them all I'm the not. Time. I am not messing with Bill Lambier ever. Yeah, like, uh-huh, but it's just I, – I, It's crazy. It man. was a disrespect just to those four other players, like, on that picture. I saw, like, dude, why is Draymond Green even in the conversation with these people? But, again – Honestly, I'm not a PSA, Joe Arresta does not like Draymond Green. I we do. Cannot... I, I'm not a big Draymond Green. He went to Michigan State. Another reason why I don't like him. I, I His shot style is so, like, his shot form. Do you see it? I mean, you sounding like Charles Barkley out here with all these shots at Draymond, man. Let, let's move on before he comes after you. Yeah. You know, I don't want to leave our guests waiting too long. Uh, it's going to be Eric Stoddard uh, and Joe. Again, I'm really excited for this guest. Uh, the guy is a beast. Uh, HBSC, one of our own, started in the October class. And I think we're going to be touching on a little bit about relationship building, something Eric thrives in. Um, you know, there are pros and cons to building a very strong relationship. So Eric's going to touch on that. Uh, as a, it's a little bit of urgency as well, Joe. So really excited about this episode. Um, you know, what are you most looking forward to, I guess, when picking Stoddard's brain about, you know, some urgency pressing as well as relationship building? It's going to be awesome. Really, uh... We're spearing two heads right here with this uh, this episode, a little relationship building and urgency. So I'm really intrigued on what Stoddard has to talk about, uh, some of the practices that, that he used um, during his time being at HBSC. I mean, the kid just sold during quarantine. So I want to see a little bit about that story, what happened with uh, his client there. So it's going to be really interesting how he stresses urgency to his clients to get a membership or get a group out to a game and what it takes to have a good relationship with his clients um, in the office and at games. So really happy to have him on board. He should be joining in very soon. So I, I believe he actually just hopped in. Stoddard, are you here, bud? Yes, sir. What's going on, Joey? Whoa, Eric Stoddard, how we doing, sir? Welcome to the sales line. 
Really happy. Eric, we were just really talking you up, man, about how excited we are for this episode. You know, being an HBSE, one of our own, I, I do not want you to let me down, man. Uh, I appreciate that, TJ. Please, the, uh, the excitement's all mine. I appreciate you guys for having me here. Absolutely, man. We could not be more excited. Uh, you know, we kind of touched on it a second ago. Eric is a beast. He did just sell over quarantine. Uh, actually started in our October class. So, he, you know, he's still, you know, he, he's definitely not a rookie anymore. But the guy, uh, you know, he hasn't been here too long. So, to see the success that he's had, it's awesome. Um, you know, Eric, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, talk a little bit about relationship building as well as force and urgency. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's truly an honor to be here. I've heard a lot of good things about you. Uh, about the show, about the two hosts, Joey and uh, TG. So, so it's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm glad I'm finally uh, got my chance to be on. Fantastic. Did you, uh, did you catch that follow on Instagram too, Stoddard? Right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I believe I hit the follow back button too. So uh, we, we should be all good to go there. Mutual friends. Hey, team follow back, team follow back. Love it, love it. Well, just to kick things off, Stoddard, I know you're you know New York Jets fan, Flight Academy, you got to stick together, Gerstein, unfortunately, Rams fan, boo-hoo. We are just talking about the Jets draft and the last dance. Just want to see what your thoughts were. You know, what are your um, thoughts on with the Jets with their draft this season? Obviously, you need wide receivers. You need, the, you know, some tackles in the line to protect, you know, Darnold, our hope and savior next to Penton, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? But I right, want right. to know your thoughts on the draft right now that we uh, just had. Yeah, you know, uh, big Jets fan. Uh, it's kind of been a couple down years. Um, hey, you know, I'll be the first one to say I was I was uh, a little disappointed by the by the first round pick we had. Um, you know, just my initial reaction. Uh, definitely wanted one of those big time receivers. Uh, give man. give Sammy D a nice weapon to hit. But you know, it's good uh, after watching some highlight tapes of uh, young Makai Beckton that we got. Um, I'm pretty happy that he's going to be uh, you know back there guarding uh, Sammy D's blind side and giving him some time in the pocket. So, um, you know, that's, that was definitely an issue that needed to be addressed. So, you know, overall I'm, I'm pretty happy with the pick and, and uh, you know, the draft in general. Definitely, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what the jets are going to be doing. Uh, we also talked about the last dance, obviously Jordan, uh, Dennis Rodman, that was a huge talk in the last episode. Um, Want to see what your thoughts were on, you know, his, character as a human being and as a basketball player um probably a huge key why the bulls won um some of their championships um i was you know and, and stoddard i like to think of, i like to think of eric stoddard is a pretty outspoken guy similar to dennis rodman uh yeah. another reason i'm excited yeah. for this episode uh and excited for this question man because you know he has some antics and you definitely kind of live your own life as well own personality which we love so what do you think about the last dance? What did you think about these last episodes? Uh, you know, have you even been watching? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have been tuning in, and and I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I could see the comparisons a little bit. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm as, <laughs> I don't know if I said all that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm out, uh, you know, that far in left field as, as Robin was, but you know, you did gotta admire that. You know, he kind of just moved to the beat of his own drum, and and you know, on the court, he was about his business. That's that's really all you could ask for. Um, he handled his business on the court. Definitely was a crucial part. Uh, grabbing all those rebounds, uh, dishing it back out to MJ. So, yeah, I mean, he knew his role. He played it very well. And, you know, off the court, yeah, he's kind of a, a larger-than-life figure. But, uh, you know, I guess you got to love him, right? You got to love him, man. And I think, uh, you know, I think that's something that makes it so fun is this team just has so many different personalities. But, I, I mean, clearly they gelled better than any team in NBA history up there with the, uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors team we've seen the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, again – uh, Eric, appreciate you jumping on. I, I think we want to get into some relationship building, a little bit of urgency with you. Yeah, um, you know, with the, the the recent success you've had. Uh, can't wait to hear about your quarantine sale. But I think Joe was going to kick us off, uh, you know, with how you kind of go about strengthening that relationship with potential clients. Yeah, so definitely a huge key and strength of you, Stoddard, is relationship building. We hear it all the time in our team meetings that you do have the best relationships with your clients. Just want to get your your thoughts on relationship building and why is it so important to you as a person and to you as a, as a salesperson? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just kind of want to put a disclaimer out there, boys. Uh, you know, I've, I've been uh, told I, I talk a lot, uh, you know, kind of, you know, 
run off track a little bit. So if, if you ever see me getting off topic or just talking too much, feel free to let me know. Oh, don't worry. I'll let, we'll let you know, Eric. Sounds, we'll keep you in line, buddy. Sounds good. I appreciate it, TG. I can always count on you. Count on you. I appreciate but, it. But, uh, yeah, you know, relationship building, I, I noticed, was a strength of mine, you know, right away on the phones. Um, I noticed my best conversations came when I really, uh, you know, just kind of let my guard down a little bit and um, was my complete self. And, and uh, you know, it, it was reciprocated on the other end. And, you know, before getting into it, uh, you know, asking for the sale, it was more so becoming friends and, um, you know, with potential clients. And I found it, you know, early on in, in my uh, selling days and, and career here at HBSC that that was a way to ease the pressure on my end of like, I felt if I you know, could build a good relationship, but it'd be a lot easier asking for the sale. Um, so I, I noticed that again, like was a strength of mine right away. And for the most part, I can say, uh, you know, 90% of my sales has come, have come from, you know, strong relationships with the client. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think it's, it goes right into why, you know, info gathering is the second step in the process before, you know, a recommendation or asking for the card. You know, there's a reason for it. And the info gathering is to get you guys closer. So you're not just saying, hey, my name's Tyler Gersey. I'm calling with the New Jersey Devils. I think you'd be a perfect fit for our full season. What card do you want to put that on? Info gathering, hands down, it's one of the most important, you know, pieces in the process, I guess, Eric. So when did you know that you were good at having those conversations? You were good at gathering that information? And what has made you so successful with that? Yeah, I, I guess it was kind of something that just hit. And, and kind of going back to onboarding is one of the, the famous HBSC and, and probably selling quotes, you know, around the sports industry. You know, people buy from people who they, they like. And uh, that kind of really stuck with me. So I always tried to make a point to, uh, you know, hopefully be someone that the client enjoys talking to. And, and I try to be a likable person. Um, that way they'll want to buy from me. Um, so again, it kind of, once I got out of my first few awkward conversations of, of, you know, panicking and, and not necessarily knowing which direction to take the conversation in, kind of, again, just let my guard down um, on my end and, and wanted to, to be as cool as possible because, you know, we, we know the, the kind they, they can tell, you know, if it's just a robot on the other line or if you're just reading from the script. Like once you start to put a little human into it, uh, definitely makes a conversation a whole lot easier. Absolutely. And that's honestly, that's something like I still even struggle with to this day um, is, you know, I've always thought about my strengths as a seller is, is being good at, at those face to face interactions as well as asking for the card. Uh, and, you know, something I'm working a lot right now in my sales process is that info gathering. And that's another reason we wanted you on today, because that is one of your strengths, you know, and I like learning from people. So that kind of goes into my in my next question, Eric, um, you know, when info gathering, when do you kind of know that you've made that connection? And you kind of touched on it a little bit, like not set, well, not wanting to sound too scripted. Like, when did you feel comfortable, I guess, kind of putting your own twist on it? And how do you do so? Yeah, well, and I, I first want, kind of want to circle back to what you said about that you are, you know, find it a strength in you to have face-to-face interactions. And I think I was almost a little bit nervous to have that. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed talking on the phone, but was always scared to make those face-to-face interactions. So I think it was almost a defense mechanism slash strategy of mine to build that relationship as strongly as I could on the phone. That way, when we did see each other in person, it felt like we were just friends. Um, so, so going back to your question, I, I'm sorry, can you remind me again, what, what was the question? Yeah, absolutely. It was just more like, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier, like the scripted factor and that you don't want to sound too scripted. And I think that's something that a lot of S- young SAs and young people in this industry and the sales department struggle with is, is just sounding very scripted. And I think that's something that you're just so natural. I guess, when did you feel comfortable with that? And, you know, how, how did you go about kind of putting your own personality on on getting information from people? Are you a big I, my guy? You know, how, how does that look? Yeah, you know, I just realized that the conversation's were very stale when I was, you know, reading off a script and, and you learn, I mean, luckily I've, I've been a Jersey guy my whole life, the best state out of all 50 hands down. Uh, so, you know, I, I learned quickly that when you, when you talk to these Jersey fans, they, they want to hear it up front. They're from Jersey as well. So once I realized that, it was like, Hey, like, you know, I could kind of tail away from the script a little bit and just put my own twist on it and be a person. I, I noticed that's when I was getting those best conversations. So Again, it was just like those first few awkward conversations of, you know, just reading off a script and sounding like a robot. I was like, yeah, I'm not getting anywhere with this. And it also, it, it you feed off the energy of the of the person on the other end too. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, when you come across a cool client, 
uh, definitely eases the pressure on your end. Makes your job 10 times yeah, easier. When exactly. You, uh, you know, when you got uh, someone that's willing to work with you on the other end, we'll right. say that. Uh, you know, Joey, I think you had something for Eric, or did you kind of just had a, something to chime in with? Yeah, I mean, shout out uh, Central Jersey. Uh, yes, sir. Best part, about, best part about Jersey, even though Mr. Dan Gilligan is not thinkers of Central Jersey, there obviously is. We have titles for it, obviously. Uh, Eric, I know that you're a huge guy with open-ended questions, especially on the phone. That is how you get the best results for relationship building. Now, what are some key questions you ask to uh, create certain relationships with certain clients that you used um, during your sales process? Yeah, I don't even know if it's, you know, key questions or anything. Um, It's more so just trying to have that fluent conversation as much as possible. And then, you know, there's been times when I'll look up and I'll be like, oh, wow, I'm at work right now. I'm not talking to a friend. This is a guy that I just called for the first time today. So I just try my best to, to make the conversation as fluent as possible. And again, it is, uh, you know, a little give and take. It, it's uh, a whole lot easier when, when the person on the other end is, is you know, feeding into it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's always good hearing about kids. I always love hearing that they come out with their kids because that's that's definitely something close to me and something I did with my dad. Um, so it's always easy to relate to that. I kind of look for key scenarios that they give me and, and always, you know, find a way to put my twist on it um, to, to kind of guide the conversation to where I want it to go. That's awesome, uh, especially with the kids pulling the heartstrings. One thing that we've learned, if if you're talking to someone in the middle of the conversation, they mention their kids and especially their names. It's very awesome to know their names because as you reference it back to the conversation, they're like, oh, wow, this guy actually knows my kid's name. He's actually listening to me. So it's actually a really cool thing to have a, a trait of that, especially when you have in your back pocket that their kid plays this certain sport or this certain position in hockey. Now, I know that you've done a lot of relationship building before a game, a game day or a night. Now, when you're doing that on the phone and you're transitioning into like a game day selling in game, how have you transitioned your relationship building to when you do it in person now after talking on the phone with them for so long? And Joe, I even wanted to chime in really quick with something uh, kind of about what you touched on about just really getting to know them. Um, you know, shout out Cole Zimba. I was talking to him pretty recently, a group seller here. And, you know, he told me that during this time, he's going into a lot of his phone calls now with the strict intention of just finding three things out about his client that he did not know before. Um, And I think that's huge. And it goes to show how important relationship building is in this industry, not just with groups, but with somebody you want to get on a $400, you know, partial plan or a $20,000 club seats. You got to know them. You got to know their kids' names. You got to know where they work. You got to know how they use tickets. Uh, So I I think that's huge. I think that's huge. So Eric, if you kind of wanted to go in now with, uh, you know, some of that in-game stuff. Yeah. So again, it was a whole lot easier for me to then get into that in-game selling of, you know, because, you know, honestly, the first, you know, at a game and you've already built that relationship on the phone, the first five, 10 minutes are kind of just, you know, shooting the crap with them and, and just talking about life, talking about the game and not even getting into a selling conversation. Um, and then it was a way for me to then when I would go ask for a credit card or ask for a deposit or, or, or whatever the case may be, it was a whole lot easier. And they trusted me. That was another big thing is I wanted to gain their trust of like, hey, like, look, I truly think this is the best thing for you. You're going to love it. I'm going to take care of you every step of the way. Let's get this thing going. Um, so it, it was a big trust factor as well. And again, I, I would say 90% of my sales were because they trusted me that I was giving them the right product for them, um, that I was going to take care of them. Um, and and I, I would hope to think that they truly liked me. And that was part of the reason they bought as well. Um, because, I don't know if they like, no, I'm playing. They yeah, it's, it's hit or miss. You know, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, some of my clients, they're, they're awesome people. And, and, uh, you know, it was great to get in contact with them and eventually, you know, get something, uh, you know, get a right package for them. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Especially because they had the trust in you. I mean, people buy from people they trust. So it obviously shows on your end when people are buying from you and they actually trust you because other relationships that you're building with them um, is a key asset to them buying a membership or a group from you. Uh, Now, just a little last second thought for like relationship building. What kind of trainings did you do or like trainings that you taught other sales associates to become better at relationship building because not everyone's good at it. I mean, you're obviously a star with it. Have you thought of any trainings to do with other sales associates or how did you become so good at it um, during the training process with HPSC? Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I wish I knew what, what made me good at it. And it's funny. Cause I guess it, you know, I don't know if it's me being modest and humble, but 
I still think I could get better at it. Um, and I, I guess that's just me always wanting to improve or, or just not thinking I'm, I'm, you know, that I don't, I don't know, whatever the case. 1%, may be. 1% better. Every exactly. Day. We, exactly. Yeah, you know, right. of course. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, I just try to, um, you know, if it worked for me, then I, I want to let other people know about it. And, and nine times out of 10, getting, building a good relationship has worked for me. Uh, there has been a couple negatives that, you know, if we do have time, we'd love to, you know, dive into almost the negative side of, of relationship building and, and how it could, uh, you know, not be as effective. Um, cause I, I have learned that along the way as well. Like sometimes it, it hasn't worked in my favor. Um, but yeah, I mean, just again, if it worked for me, like, Hey, like, you know, this guy, I didn't ask for the sale on the first two calls. We strictly just talked about his small business and how he's doing. And then on the third call, I asked for the sale. Um, you know, so that might not work every single time, but if, if it's something that works for me, I would love to get it out and, and tell my team about it for sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, I know that you mentioned some negative feedback relationship building. Obviously, you don't want to dive too much into one of your clients' lives, especially if it's just the first call. You want to be asking them very personal questions. Can you go a little bit more in depth with that now with just some negative feedback that you may have gotten with relationship building? That yeah, you tried yeah. And, and stories they heard of? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it might tie into like the next topic of urgency a little bit. And it was more so you know, possibly leaving some money on the table because I felt that because we had built a relationship, I almost felt a little bad, I guess, um, of like, you know, going out of their price range, even though they possibly could have done it based on the race relationship that we built. I felt like it was almost a friend. And I was like, hey, look, these are the perfect seats for you. Like when, hey, we possibly could have walked up to two or three or four hundred dollars more in a sale. Um, and again, kind of the urgency was just, um, which I, I think it's going to tie in perfectly of just building that relationship. It was more so like, Hey, like I'll find something for you. Like, don't worry about it. Like whether it's this week or next week, like we'll find something. Whereas, you know, moving forward, I, I would hope, um, and I definitely want to work on it. Like, Hey, like I have the perfect seats for you now. Like now is the time to get it done. But I think in a sense, I was a little afraid of doing that because, I didn't want them to lose trust in me or think I was just trying to get a sale. So it was like a constant battle. Um, and yeah, I, I've probably definitely left money on the table a little bit just based on being a little afraid to, to walk them up and ask for a few extra hundred dollars. And I love that point because I know exactly what you're talking about. If you're close with somebody, you've had multiple touch points with them. You're, you know, their family, you know, their financial and the perfect fit for them may be, 200 level corner you know that might be the best fit for them but you think you could squeeze a couple hundred bucks out of them by getting them to you know a hundred level balcony you know it, it can make it tough because hey like you're you want to do what's best for them always uh and you know and i'm the type of person that i think if you can get the best seats let's do it so i'm not saying that that's a negative route to go but i know what you're saying if you think that the best seat for somebody is 200 level corner but you think you can get a little bit more money out of them you know, it, it can make it difficult and it can make it tough and you don't want them to lose that trust in you that you really aren't, you know, they, they hopefully they think you are doing the right thing for them. And, and that's always our intention. Uh, so I think it's a very interesting point. Um, now, something I wanted to go in, Eric, and I don't know if Joe, you wanted to touch on this as well, as well but when info gathering, when building that relationships, you know, how many touch points do you think it takes? Like, I know everyone really wants to get a first call close and they're tough to come by. Um but, you know, when do you think you've built a good relationships? You know, obviously we try and get those cards ASAP, but I guess when do you find that most of your clients build that trust and you can go into a solid recommendation? Yeah, I love the question. And, and hopefully I'm not making myself look bad because you're right. Like you always do want to get the card as soon as possible. And, and um, you know, that that's always the goal for me. I found my, and this was early in my career, kind of going back to what I, I mean, I'm still early. It was, you know, early in the season when I was doing my first face-to-face -face sales and still a little nervous about that. So, you know, my technique and, and I found that, you know, I, I don't, it, whether it worked well or not, it was, it was what I was most comfortable with. It would be, you know, a great first call, get him out to a game. And at the game, I, I wouldn't even, I was always afraid to ask for the sale at the game. I would never do it. Um, and I would just kind of use the game to introduce myself, further build the relationship, let them know that I got them, come off as a cool person, whatever they need. I, hey, I'll take care of you. And then, you know, kind of just fingers crossed, hope and pray that they're going to answer the call because we built such a good relationship that it was almost like a three touch point thing for me, like a good first call game invite. And then 
hey, how was the game? We can do this 10 more times throughout the year. What what card do you want to put that on? Right. Um, whereas as I've gotten further along and more comfortable, I try to get it on two, like a good first call and then, um, you know, a game a invite and, and, and follow up um, game invite and then, and then ultimately ask for that card in person. Um, Absolutely. And I, I hope you know now, and I'm sure you do that, asking for the card in person is the way to go. And I know you're a good enough seller that I'm sure that's hit you at this point where, you know, if you're able to build that emotion up at the game, sometimes it doesn't even take that third follow-up. If you can have a good call with somebody, you get them out to a game, and, and you and the Devils score two goals in a row, and it's boom, it's time yeah. to ask for that card. So, you know, when, when did you feel comfortable? At what point in the season? How many games did you have to work where you were like, all right, screw it. I'm going in with the mentality that I'm getting my card, you know. Tonight. Yeah, and and that's exactly the mentality I had, like, screw it. Like, this is my job. I want to be good at it. What it What's it going to take? I In-game, I have to do it. I have to man up and, and ask for the sale. And shout out to, the, you know, my first on-sale and deposit phase. That was kind of it. I just, um, you know, one day was just like, whatever, I, I'm going to do it. If they say no right now, it doesn't mean it's not, I'm not getting the sale. It doesn't mean anything. It's just they're not doing it now. And First time I asked, I got the card and it was, I was just, I can remember, you know, walking through the concourse back down the, um, you know, escalator and then going in the elevator. I just, I have this guy's card in my pocket. I'm like, Oh man, like that's, that's, that's ever, awesome. Man. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it, it's, it's, awesome. it's a good feeling, but then it's also like, I have another man's credit card in my pocket. Like I cannot lose this. Uh, so it's, it's a very, uh, it's a very it gets weird the office as quickly as possible before, oh, uh, before yeah. it doesn't go through. I'll never. It's funny part is I had, uh, you know, a few people out that game and it was our deposit, you know, phase. So it's a very important time of the year. Um, you're scrambling, you, you want the deposits. And I, I remember um, I still had the guy's credit card in my pocket. And now it's the third period and I'm now running someone else's car, you know, two mile and horn. I went two for two that night. Um, but I'm walking around. Like, hey, that's oh, why crap. you're on the show, man. That is yeah. why you're on the show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap, I I still got this guy's card in my pocket. And I I ran and returned it to him. I'm like, hey, everything's all good to go. Here's your credit card. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I almost left the arena with this guy's card in my pocket. Um, So it was that, I, you know, that's just a testament of how new it was to me of asking for the sale in person. But it's a a good rush of when when you ask for the sale and, you know, you get the card. It's like one of the best feelings as a seller. And you're, you're right. You can always, you know kind of go off the emotion of the game. Luckily, the Devils were playing well around that time. You know, kind of starting to pick up the play a little bit, so it was very easy to feed off that. Definitely, Stoddard. I mean, holding the guy's credit card, he probably needed a, uh, a beer at the Prudential Center. Jeez, man, he probably held him on for uh, quite some time. Oh, it was a nice <laughs> little yeah, He was, was probably nice like, I'm Amex trying to get a beer. Yeah, oh, man. But it's awesome with your relationship building. It definitely holds into what you transition into your deposit uh, period, especially with full seasons, just rolling over the deposit into the first month's payment. Obviously, with relationship building and touch points that you talked about before, uh, it goes a long way just giving up the updates on what's going on with their money again because they're giving you their money. You know, you're charging their credit card. You got to have some trust with them, which is what you do perfectly with your clients. And I think it it just shows that I think you went 100% on on sale, correct? Or at least it had one? Uh, yeah, I I. I appreciate that. I, I went uh, a modest nine for nine, which was cool for my first on sales. Put a lot of pressure on myself. I wanted to, you know, come out and show I I, I can do this job at a high level. Um, yeah. So I was I was very proud of myself. Yeah, and we're still proud of you, man. That was you. You killed it. Appreciate it. Shows with like how you maintain relationships with your clients, keep them updated with what's going on. So, but it's not that easy. I mean, if selling was easy, everyone could do it. But right. with with you. I mean, to get those deposits, it takes time. It takes skill. It takes urgency. How did you stress urgency to these people put a deposit down for full mem- full season memberships for next season? Yeah, so again, shout out to deposit phase because that actually, you know, taught me a lot and, and really, you know, let me, I guess, let my shoulders down and, and just, you know, kind of do my job at a high level. And it, that's what helped me with urgency as well is because during that time, period like the urgency is actually real like this is a counting ticker of people getting in line and hey if you want these seats that's one of the most popular seats like let's do it now um and one of my favorite lines is like hey if you know you're gonna be interested and do something like this and why don't we just go ahead and do it now and then we'll you know worry about the fine details as they come but if you if you know it's something that you're interested in let's do it now 
So I think I was able to use the urgency of the fact that there was real urgency, um, which maybe I, you know, kind of, I guess the question for you guys is how do you stress the urgency when maybe there's not that much urgency or do you guys feel that there's always urgency? Um, yeah, that's that's a really good, good question. question. Um, you know, something that I like to do is, you know, if someone wants to fire back at me and say, listen, the, uh, you know, there's a ton of inventory at the Prudential Center. I can see the, the open seats. I'm like, listen, that's great. Um, you know, obviously this year it didn't quite go as planned, but you guys kind of see what we're building to. So if you want to be a season ticket member, you want to do something right now is going to be the best time to get in when you're right. There's not that many people in the stands, but you wait a year, two years, prices double, prices triple. The, the place is sold out because this is a, you know, a competing team, a contending team. You know, you're going to wish it you did it back when. And, and I think it even goes back to the process Sixers years. There's a ton of Sixers fans right now that I'm sure wish they got their season yeah. tickets when the, when the you know, team won 10 games. So that was a great question, Eric. I think that's something that I'll like to do. You know, if someone wants to tell me there is inventory, you know, and if it goes back to the deposit process and someone's not ready to pull the trigger, but I know they want to do something, I'm going to be like, listen, like, w- why wait when the next time you call me and you say, hey, I'm ready to put down that, 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 deposit, or that deposit, and I have to say, listen, you know, all we got left is 200 level corners or $16,000 glass seats. What do right. you rather choose now? Um, you know, and I think people kind of understand where I'm coming from with there that, Listen, if you want to be able to choose your seats and have the best spot in line uh, for where you sit for the 2021 season, like you got to do this right now and we'll get you where you want to go. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you have any similar stories or kind of lines that you use as well. Yeah, it actually happened with my last sale before this whole coronavirus thing happened with urgency. I was remember talking to one of my clients and build a relationship with him for about a week and a half, getting good conversations, you know, 25 minute phone calls. It was all good. Had the trust with me to say, you know, this is the best option for you. And he was a guy that needed this exact location seats. And I said, listen, like you need to get these seats now. Like, I don't know if they'll be here by the end of the night tonight. Um, so kind of came back at me saying, I need to talk over my friend, need to see him in person. So had him out to the game that night and I was stressing the urgency as quickly as I can, because when I got the credit card, I said, all right, let's get you up. Let's see if these seats are here. And I look at the the inventory map on the member services office, and I'm like, they're not here. I'm like, oh, my God, this can't be happening right now. This is why I stress urgency so much. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So shout out to uh, Daryl. Uh, he helped me a big ton because there was actually someone that took the seats and had oh, yeah. reserves. So they weren't there. And I, I, I kind of said to the guys, like, this is why we got to have the seats as soon as possible. That's why I wanted to get them on before the game so it would be easy going from the night on. So kind of uh, bit me in the rear end, but got the seats um, released. So uh, I remember really, that, too. I was, it, it was hard I was in the member yeah, center. Right behind me. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. But that just that was like a life lesson to me in saying, like, listen, you really don't know when these seats are going to be taken because yeah. – Anyone can take them at any second because there's 60 other sales associates on the floor doing the same exact thing as we are. Um, but it's awesome. Eric. Uh, and I think even going off that, Joe, like you can use aisle seats big time to your advantage because who doesn't want aisle seats? Um, you know, and if you have a client that's like, listen, you know, I want to do aisle seats and, you know, they, they might be like, listen, I, I don't need to do this now. I can see how many seats are open. Well, you know, there's not that many aisle seats. There's only so many aisle seats. So you really got to force that urgency and say, hey, like, you want these section 15, row six, aisle seats, you know, seats one, two, and three. Like, we got to do this now. Uh, and that's something that I even had to experience with going through the deposit process, not being able to find the exact seats for somebody. And I, I didn't think we were going to be able to get it done. Uh, you know, finally was able to talk them up into a little bit more expensive seats and get them on that aisle that they wanted. Um, so I, I really do it. It's using that urgency. It's not letting the client tell you, listen, I can wait. Because, sure, they can always wait, but, you know, they're not going to get what they want. And if they're going to be happiest by just getting it done now and getting it out of the way. All right. Awesome, Eric. So, you know, I'm a little bit curious when when forcing urgency, do you find it easier to do it in person or do you find it easier to do it on the phone? Like if you're getting a little bit of, you know, pushback from certain clients saying, hey, like, I don't want to do it now. Are you better at saying, listen, let's get this done tonight, you know, in person or do you like to do that more over the phone? Um, I, you know, it's a little 50, 50, I guess. Um, cause it's still like, 
if you're if you're stressing urgency in person, it, it gets a little awkward sometimes. Um, if they're like, yeah, you know, come back after first period, you come back after first period, and still so on and so forth. Um, over the phone, it's kind of just you can be a little bit more, you know, challenge them a little bit more, of like be a little bit more aggressive, I guess. Of like, hey, like, look, no, now's the time. Like, not fifteen minutes, not um, tomorrow, not next week. Um, so it's a little bit fifty-fifty. Yeah. In in person, I've used this a couple times, and it's a little silly, and I don't even know if it works or whatever. But um, so I'll always, if, if I'm with the person, I'll always kind of just, and you know, they're not, uh, they, they don't necessarily want to do it now, or that they're holding up, whatever the case may be. I just, I tell them to look around, like, hey, any person you see in a suit here, they're also doing my job and selling seats as well. So kind of going back to like, hey, if if you have seats in mind that you want, chances are one of these sixty other people are also pitching those seats. Like, let's get you in there first. So it's super corny, but, like, that's the cool part about us wearing suits is, like, we're easy to stand out. So it's like, hey, just look around to everyone selling in, in suits. They're doing my job as right. well. Right, and all the fans um, see us all in suits. They're like, oh, man, we, we actually got to do this now. I just saw three of them walk by. Yeah, it's also, like, a little, like, way to, you know, lighten the mood a little bit. And kind of – I try to, like, put a little bit of humor. I mean, you guys know me. Like, I try to keep it as loose as possible. Absolutely. Um, you know, so it, it's very corny, but it's – and I don't even know if it's worked, but it's definitely I've said it a few times, probably more than I should. It's like not even a cool line. Absolutely. And I think it's I think even urgency is something that really ties in with relationship building um, that if you have a good relationship with someone and, and you truly do want the best for them, then then urgency becomes easier because you can li- be like, listen, Paul, like, you know, a client I had, he, he wanted to wait. And I was like, Paul, I know that where exactly you want to sit. You want to sit section 115 on the aisle row 15 and you're gonna do this why would you not do this now and it's because i had had him out to a game it's because i had multiple touch points with them that i was able to be like listen man like we can wait but the the time when you make your decision it's going to be a lot different of a phone call because i don't think we're going to have what you want available let's do this now your daughter's here she's going to be thrilled she's going to get everything that becomes a full season member let's do this right now uh, you know, I'm curious, Eric, do you have any specific stories with clients where you were like, felt super comfortable pressing that urgency and you were ultimately able to get the card that night? Yeah, it was like, which when you put it like that, you're right. It, it should be easy when you build that relationship. But when to me, it was almost the complete opposite and going back to that negative aspect of it, it was like, I was too comfortable and felt like it was my friend where I was just like, all right, okay, if you're not going to do it tonight, like, you know, talking to Odell, right? Oh, uh, what about this guy? How's this guy? Like, and it would almost be like, yeah, they're going to do it. And it's like, well, why didn't they do it today? And so it's like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Because I, I probably didn't press them enough. So I almost have the opposite of what how you feel. Of like, my, I feel like my strong relationships prevented me from st- stressing that urgency just because I was like, all right, well, I'm confident that he'll give me the card. Like, hopefully it'll be next week. I don't know. Um, which, so it kind of prevented me from like saying, Hey, now's the time to do it. There were a few cases where I was like, Hey, I know you really want the aisle seats. Like I'm looking, they're going fast. Like, let's do it now. There's been a few of those cases. Um, but a lot of it, honestly, and and going back, that's the negative side that I saw for me is like, it prevented me from stressing that urgency at times. Absolutely. And I can see both sides, you know, absolutely understand where you're coming from. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you had any, you know, urgency stories, um, you know, you, you had a pretty good on sale as well, as well as just a good regular Which, season. Uh, you know, anything that sticks out to you? Or do we want to go into the quick one-hitters uh, for Mr. Eric Stoddard before we let him go? Yeah, I think we hit it on the ball with urgency. I mean, I, I again, like another urgency story that I had was the one that Eric was one. Eric definitely was a witness for uh, watching, so that was pretty entertaining for him to watch. Just just throwing the emotions at the, the client themselves and the fans Again, I, I think Eric hit on the ball, which is using the emotion of the kids and also using the emotions of the fans, just stressing the urgency of, look, the Devils just scored twice in a row. Do you want to watch this goals for the next season? You, all you got to do is put down your credit card and right. you can do that right now. And I think that's an awesome point. Pulling of the heartstrings is really a key thing for me, especially when they're big-time fans and saying, hey, you know, you're a big-time fan. You know what's coming for the next two to three seasons. Do you know how good Nico, Jack, Blackwood's going to be? There are cornerstones. Let's just do this right now so you can watch them progress and be the best they can be for our future. Um, I I know urgency relationship definitely goes hand in hand in some cases. Love to hear just a quick story of Eric's, 
you know, process with this quarantine sale that he did um, over, I think, last week. So, Eric, this is a quick little synopsis of what happened with your client getting a, a full season membership for next season during these hard times. Yeah, so it was probably one of the craziest sales I'll, I'll have, right? So um, gave the woman a call, um, you know, got her, found a good time to, to be able to reach her. And um, you, actually, she she's a nurse. Um, oh, wow. Her boyfriend is in law enforcement, so two essential workers during this time. So I didn't know how the call was going to go. I was like, I, I, do I just talk about how much we appreciate it or, or that's going to seem too forced? I was a little nervous, but she was super cool and, like, you know, wanted to know more about what we had to offer. So anyway, long story short, she's was buying for her boyfriend's birthday coming up in May. Um, and she mentioned, she's like, yeah, he's in law enforcement. We have the same weekends off or same weeks off and we live in Delaware. And when she said that, like things clicked in my head, I'm like, no way. We go through the whole conversation. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll find some seats. I'll send you over some location. But like, hey, man, like it's going to seem super weird. Um, but just by any chance, like what's your boyfriend's name? She's like, oh, it's, you know, someone sounds like, yeah, like I had a feeling I was like, hey, like I spoke with him like three months ago and he was super interested in hopping on board we just never finished the conversation wow. so it was so weird that like that now his girlfriend that he has no ideas even doing this is like now like looking to purchase tickets so it was actually very easy because i was like oh well that's perfect like i'll just base it off the conversation i had with him what he's looking for what he you know would enjoy the most um so it's actually like very easy to get the sale done there were a few objections it was obviously too many games um she's like yeah like 41 games um and then a little bit uh too pricey um but you know through our various benefits i was able to break down the price and the number of games and she loved it hopped on board um so what i will say is like you know as we're approaching the calls now and, and you know jumping on the phone like if someone does give us the time of day and show some interest like definitely you know take advantage of that opportunity um and and try to you know get the sale through because um not everyone's gonna do that so if they do show some interest then absolutely you know um you know going with the selling conversation absolutely and that's awesome man because awesome. it, it, it's it's tough to sell right now and even just being back on the phone for first couple of days like people are definitely yeah, willing to talk um and it, it's nice getting back into those conversations but but man it, it's tough times for people out there uh so hats off to you awesome episode appreciate you coming on before we let you go um you know i yeah, know we... joe's got some quick one hitters for you yeah uh, hit like the way we like to end uh you know end these episodes now so uh you know i appreciate it eric and uh we'll yeah. get into these one hitters. all right starter here we go here we go here we go let's see what i got let's see what i got all right again these are not my own try search them up no worries all right if all right now you have a cat correct i do have a cat yep I remember from your your present presentation earlier in the week. If you could ask your pet three questions, what would they be? Okay, um, that's a good one. Um, ask my pet any three questions. It's got to be if Things they like, like you, right? Yeah, like yeah, like okay, I like that. Yeah, do you like me? <laughs> do Are you, you like? like me? Is this what fine? happens if they say no though? Yeah, that's rough. Cat? Then it's it's like, well, I'm not a bad person. I'm not gonna kick them on the street, but like it'll be a. a tough bridge to kind of rebuild um so yeah i i probably wouldn't ask that maybe now that now that you mentioned that i would ask you know what's their favorite food just so i know like just Perfect. can keep like them that. happy um can they understand me i would ask them like do you understand what we're saying mm-hmm. um and I don't know, cause I got a dog too. So I'm thinking of like what I would ask the dog. You know, what are you thinking right now? What do you, what do you yeah. think? Something like that. You I know, don't know. You know what's funny is, is me and my friend always had this like running joke of, of his biggest fear was his dog talking to him. Because <laughs> imagine trying to explain that to someone, they're never gonna believe you. Ever. He's like, he is, and I thought that was so funny. Like, yeah, it's so true. Like, probably check you into a you know facility or something. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, Joe. Come on. Enough with the dialogue, man. Quick hitters. Quick hitters. Yeah, yeah. I that mean, who, who who would play you in a movie about your life, Stoddard? Ooh, I'm a big uh, – I, I love Adam Sandler. I think he oh, I think he would love do – love that answer. Because he, he's good. He can do comedy and seriousness. So I think it'd be Adam Sandler. Okay, okay. A straw, one hole or two? That's one. Okay. 
you're straight to it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Hot dog sandwich or no? Nah, it's a it's a hot dog. It's a food. All right. Cool. So not a sandwich. So not. A sandwich. Uh, I think of it like everyday life. If someone's like, "Hey, can you pass me that sandwich?" Like you're never ten times out of ten never gonna give them a hot dog. You're gonna give them the turkey sandwich or peanut butter and jelly or something. Facts. Like, Love it. Next so. one, Joey. All right. So three people, dead or alive. Best dinner you ever had, favorite restaurant you ever been to, who are they? Three people dead or alive. I right, definitely uh Kanye. Love Kanye, huge Kanye West fan. Um we'll go with hmm. I know it's such like a basic question too. It's a you should probably have it. Famous or not famous. Um, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You know, not to pull on some heartstrings, never met my grandfather. He passed away before I was born. So kind of he's my dad's dad too. So like I'm a carbon copy of my dad. So would like to know what he was like. So that'd be cool as well. Um and then can we have like an animal in there too? Because I mean I missed my sure, old dog. He was why he was not? awesome. We'll bring my dog along too. And um, I, I'm gonna end it with this one, Joe. Is it play catch or have a catch? No, nah. uh, not not all right. I'm leaving. I can't. This is yeah, an that... ongoing discussion uh, for too long. I mean, Joe, I'm sorry. Do you have a do you have a better one? I I don't have one that's more. I got one. I got thinking. one for you guys. Going back to Joe's original question, right? Would you rather be able to speak and understand every language in the world, or be able to speak and understand with animals? Language. I think it'll get you much further in life. It yeah. would, but. Imagine talking to like a kangaroo. I get it, but, yeah, a kangaroo, exactly. but talking to a kangaroo is not going to get you, uh, you know, up in like the CIA or something like that. Where it could though. Imagine yeah, what they know. Well, okay, I, I can see you. both sides. It, uh, you can have an animal protect you. That's true. Awesome, man. Well, but, yeah, I appreciate it, Eric. This was as I was telling people before you hopped on. Super excited for this episode. You killed it. Great insight on that relationship building. Great insight on urgency. Appreciate you being a Jets fan. I know it's tough sometimes. Uh, but love your insight there, man. Uh, and, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah, it, no, Appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, I just want to say hi to my mom. Hopefully she'll be listening to this. Um, it's a big, you know, step in my career. I'm I'm on the Sales Line podcast, so I definitely made it. Appreciate you guys for having me. It's been it's been a pleasure. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. All, all right, right, guys. All right, everyone. Appreciate all the listeners out there. Went a little bit over schedule, about 54 minutes right now. So sorry about that long conversation and episode but again when you have great content you got to show it so definitely give us a listen on spotify trying on apple music as well also on the anchor app also follow us on our new instagram the underscore sales underscore line the sales line is going to be everywhere can't wait for our next episode one and only andrew dean director of corporate partnerships here at hbse is going to be joining us can't wait to hear about his story uh, and kind of let some of our younger listeners know how they can go the corporate partnerships route. Uh, really looking forward to that, Joe. I think it's going to be an awesome one, as was this. Uh, but I, I appreciate all the listeners out there, and we'll see you next week. Yes, sir.